Okay, so how does this start again? It's hello and welcome to I'm Not Here, a podcast where, what would we say? A podcast where we desert our listeners and leave them with abandonment issues. That's terrible. We're like Steve from Blue's Clues. Oh, don't even get me started. That was where it all started. I am wise, I am strong. I am loved, I am here. I am wise, I am strong. I am loved, I am here. Welcome to I Am Here, a podcast where Gabby and Amarilis abandon you for a year. Just kidding. Hello. Over a year? Yeah, it's been a year. Over a year. It's pretty bad. We're sorry, and we love you. Listen, I wasn't even gonna apologize. I was gonna apologize. I don't know. I think that's just so telling of, of how we yeah. are. Yes. <laughs> we ghosted our listeners. And we totally had a ghosting episode and everything, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna say it. I ghost. You said you ghost too. Well, we warned them. We warned them. Now they know. Now they know. <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. No, it is horrible. It's just the truth of where we are or have been. Yeah, I think how many people can be honest about their ghosting issues? I think a lot of people can be honest about it. It's it's the fact of, okay, are we going to change it? That's, that's We even started like that. We're like, we're just going to try and see what happens, right? We went, we did it. We did it for a few months um we we tried different things and then we realized i i don't know i could say for me we were like over um what's that word over committing that's because that's me i do that all the time as well that's that's the whole reason already got calls and stuff they're like hey um since you didn't hang out yesterday you want to hang out today you want to do this want to do that so i was like I was like, I have a therapy appointment through telehealth, so I can't. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> well, you know what? It's not true, but at least I, I, I this is therapeutic for us because we get to talk and have a fun time. So yeah. it's, I I didn't feel like starting a fight today. So yeah. the crazy thing is, though, I don't lie. Like, I never, I don't do it. Like, if I do it, it's like in an embellishment of a story. And then yeah. most of the time, like right afterwards like there are very few times I ever like just keep going with it but like in the, like I say something and it's ridiculous and people are like really and then I'm like no no like I can't lie and that's why I suck at um a lot of things um and like in my defense people don't respect boundaries they don't. So if and I, I think that's part of it too of like learning like okay this is the only way people will leave me alone which is not okay no and i know it's not okay but like yeah sometimes it's like a defense mechanism like reasons why like i ended up not coming um and a lot of it i kept to myself but like it's it would be like hey i'm doing the podcast and i not available from this time to that time oh it's only gonna take you like 30 minutes right no, it takes longer, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. and then they're like, and then they'd be texting me during the podcast, like, telling me that they're coming over, and I'm like, like, they don't take it seriously if I say it's the podcast, so I have to, like, that's frustrating. Anyway, 
I think I underestimated the amount of work of podcasts, even though people tell you this stuff or like you hear from other podcast uh, hosts, they're like, oh my gosh, there's so much work, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, okay, it's a lot of work. Sure, I can handle a lot of work. But you also have other work and other life obligations and a whole pandemic. You know, that's fine. <laughs> and it's estimated how much um, sacrifice, I guess, it would yeah. take. And I overestimated how much, I guess, I could do. Because the talking and the uh, hangout is fun. But it's almost like the emotional baggage that came along with some of the the things that we were talking about and just processing and, and just life outside of it plus the editing plus all these like keeping up with the media I was like okay maybe it's a little bit um too frequent we were trying to do it every week yeah that's a lot that's no. <laughs> I was like now we could laugh I'm like, mm, yeah that's, that's a whole lot I um my main, I have lots of problems, but like when it's, <laughs> she said, I got a lot of problems. I got a lot of problems. But like one of the main things, though, um, I realized that this was like far away. I don't know if I'm too loud, but um, like one of the things that I realized is just like I never wrote things down. I didn't realize it until like the pandemic because like we had Zoom meetings and it was like okay, so when you have to go somewhere, like I don't know how it is for other people, but like for me, like if I have to go somewhere, I have to like mentally prepare for where I'm going, what I'm going to do, who I'm going to see. Like uh-huh. I have to prepare myself. Why and that, that? Huh? Like anxiety wise? I don't know. I would probably, I have to go through it in my head, like where I'm going to go, like, and what I'm going to do. And before I do it, otherwise, like it just, I'm going to get lost. So like, that's my thought process. So like, and I'm pretty sure that's like, that's a regular thing, but Mm -hmm. like, um, with zoom and with the pandemic, um, you just turn on a computer and the people are there. So I didn't write down when I had a class, when, uh, when we had podcasts, um, when I was supposed to hang out with people, like, and during the pandemic, I I think it was like, because I was like, well, I don't have to, cause like, I just got to turn on my computer and then everyone's there. And the problem with that was that obviously that got all jumbled up and then I like as we were talking about being overcommitted I had this like idea that oh I can get to everything so yeah I'm like all right and so I would say yes to several people not knowing or remembering that I had like important things and when I say important things I'm talking about doctor appointments I'm talking about class like I don't have I didn't have so much of, of that because I'm like when people are like oh let's hang out I don't really have that experience so yeah. I'm like, I do that by myself but I, I'm just thinking about the nature of your job like you have to set up appointments yeah. like in order to go to them and do them so it's probably like it's just standard procedure so yeah. I'm like wondering if maybe that's why it was like not as 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 a big of a like an issue for you um because like because like I'm like I do things on the fly, as you know, like, I think we both sometimes do like things on the fly. So mm-hmm. it's like, I'm used to just like, let's hang out or me calling someone, yeah. let's hang out. Um, and I think when you do that so much, like people get accustomed to that. And like, it's weird, because yeah, then I have I still to be spontaneous and just be like, Oh, yeah, I have this yeah. free time. But sometimes you don't have the free time. And even if you do have the free time, you don't have the free energy. Like, I don't have like I'm not in that mood to hang out. I'm really exhausted and don't have 
um, the energy level to go and socialize. Sometimes I can't. I feel that. I have to like psych myself up. Even though it's fun and even if I'm looking forward to it, I have to really like psych myself up to be like, okay, you're gonna go out tonight. You're gonna meet this person and you're gonna have a good time and you're gonna get dressed. And I know that takes effort, Amaris. You like getting dressed, but sometimes it takes effort and mental energy to do these things. But you're gonna go do it and you're gonna put on a playlist and you're gonna have a good time, okay? Like, all right, can I take a nap first? And then I respond to myself and I say, yes, you can take a nap. <laughs> I have to like psych myself up. There's, there's, it's work. No, that, that makes sense. Like, it's so funny because like, I don't know. I know we're not talking about introvert, extrovert stuff right now, but like, but it <laughs> it's just interesting because like when I, when I'm going to go hang out with someone, I I like, I gotta hang out with myself. And like, this is a recent development where like, I noticed that this works more for me where I'm like, like you said, hyping myself up. But like, it's weird. Cause like, I spend a lot of time in my room. I'm weird though, because I talk to myself um, when yeah. I'm alone. Like you said, you're gonna have fun. Like you say, yeah. you're gonna have fun. And then I start like quoting random TikToks, walking around my room. That's so funny. So like, if that's what like gets me hyped up and then I put on music exactly. and then I- yeah, like, so I understand, like. Yes, it's crazy because, like, I could be so drained. And, like, certain people in my life have learned this because people tend to believe, oh, I'm already so energetic and she's electrica and all these yeah, things. That's true, but... and she said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, but. No, I'm like, I do. But it comes from certain places. So I'm like, um like I already know it's just like once I'm finished work or even like interacting socially talks so like I like it but it is draining because I am an introvert no matter what people think I am I'm still very introverted so it takes mental energy to do that so I already know I'm like all right I'm gonna be around people go take a shower you know I'm like I can t- go take a shower and I'll take a shower and I have my music on and I put my shower and I come out and I'm like whoa I'm ready <laughs> I don't know what it is, but the water is That makes sense, too. Yeah, it's the water and, like, the alone time, too. Because when you think about it, you're alone mm. in the like, I mean, yeah, I Yeah, nobody's like, in there with me. Yeah, like, you're talking to yourself internally or, like, listening to music. There's a lot of thinking, yes. There's a lot of thinking, yeah. It's, it's just so funny because, like... I go through an internal monologue, like not internal, an external monologue where I like talk to myself and I imagine like, all right, if this situation happens, like let's say like, I'm like, okay, so next time that this happens, like blah, blah, blah happens, this is what I'm going to say. And this is how I'm going to say it. And then I practice like my speech. I don't think, okay, like, I don't know. Hmm. I've heard so many people talk say that they talk to themselves or they look into themselves in the mirror and hype themselves up or even rehearse like you heard you're talking about. Um, but now I'm wondering because I've only heard women do that. So like the people who I know who do that have only, and it doesn't mean that it's only women that do this, yeah. but the people that I know who have said they talk to themselves and they answer back and forth and they do the <laughs> whole rehearsal is only women. I haven't heard any guys or express that so either only like either guys don't do it as much or guys don't admit that they do it 
interesting like I know that personally when when I'm in the room like this happens to me but not like when I'm doing things around the house and being weird that just that's just normal but like when I'm watching tv <laughs> no like, like I've been watching because I just think of you and all your home videos where you're just being <laughs> <laughs> wait can I post the picture the video on the on the okay so um on the I am here Instagram there's gonna be an interesting video that I think everyone should watch um it is but the thing is like the cow one was just one of so many you would just like record okay so we'll introduce them and you would just be doing like I'm like Gabriela's just a theater kid who's just never got on stage that's so hilarious. That's true. I've never did. I think I auditioned. No. Okay. I know we're jumping around. But- welcome to our brains. Sorry. Yes. Welcome. Yeah, that's good. I was going to say, um, so you're talking about, okay. So first, first things first, there's going to be an interesting video. It's 17 year old Gabby accidentally. 17. Oh. Yeah, I was 17. 17 year old Gabby accidentally. Yeah, breaking a cow from the nativity scene. Um, but it's very entertaining. Okay, the other thing. You said that never went on stage one time. I auditioned for some, some like, role because I didn't want to. But my friends were like, it'll be fun. Let's go. And I misunderstood the assignment completely. I was supposed to have a monologue or something. And I just, I straight up showed up <laughs> without anything. And they were like, it's okay. Like your your group will come up and you guys will say something. And I'm like, okay, I misunderstood the assignment. And I was supposed to have several lines. And I picked only one line from like the Christmas carol. And I was supposed to be like Tiny Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim is a is a singer. That's not, is he a character? Oh my gosh, Gabriela, Tiny Tim is a character. He's a okay, I just want to- with the cane. Oh Tiny okay. Tim is a weird singer, isn't he? Like something about yeah, through the window. Yes, I've never heard that until I was an adult, and I was um, uh, talking to a guy. His name was Tim, and he's like Tiny Tim, and he showed me the video. And I'm like, never heard this in my life. That was very <laughs> creepy. So, That's so funny. Oh my gosh! So that, you were I- supposed to be Tiny Tim. Oh, yeah, for, like, one line. So I guess I was supposed to read multiple lines, and I only read one line that was Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, like, when we all went up... Um, it was just group- Merry Christmas where he was like, Merry Christmas to all! Yes, that one. Okay, yes. So I was... No, bless each one of us. I don't know what he says. Um, and God bless us all or something like yes. that. Christmas something Christmas and God bless us all something like that I don't remember it was one line and like everyone had these like ridiculous monologues and they were like acting and it all was really cool and then it got to me and then I was like Merry Christmas <laughs> and I was like Merry Christmas like I don't even remember what I said and then like everyone stared at me expecting me to keep going and I was like I still remember this the Theater, the theater teacher was just like, thank you. <laughs> That's it. Oh my God. Like in the movies, it's like, thank you. <laughs> it's such an awkward feeling. Oh man. I, I, I auditioned once in high school 
because I thought that's the thing to do, you know? Yeah. For play. What did you audition for? Girl, I don't remember. Oh, I do remember. I do remember. Because it was one of those things like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, I had friends who were really into theater and whatever. And they were like, oh, yeah, my name try out. Just, you know, just audition. Go for it. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just show up. Um, it was Schoolhouse Rock. But it was, it's, it was an improv show. You know, like it was improv. So most of it was like they had a few lines, but most of it was improv. So they were doing a lot of the game where they kind of the one of the exercises they put you in um uh like a position, you know, and the other person in like a position. And then they just say action, and you're just supposed to make up the scene from wherever you're standing and kind of right. go with what the other person was doing. And I was like, I had no idea. I was like, oh, and plus I'm shy and I'm isolated. I'm already like socially awkward. I don't know how to interact with people. So it was like, you know, we were that's like, the perfect. that's the perfect what? The perfect storm for like complete failure? No, most, most theater kids that I know are, wow, am I insulting them? I was like, they're shy and. <laughs> they're going to uh, all write and be like, no, not true. And, and condoning stereotypes of theater kids. I'm telling you about the people I know. A lot of the people I know are theater and they're gonna come at you next. Yeah. Like, tell me what you really think about me, Gabriela. <laughs> well, I appreciate that you're listening if you are. Oh you're my gosh. Great. I'm The um, job and all the plays. Oh, but like, th they should have told you that number one rule of improv it's yes and. Yeah, I didn't learn that until like years later when I worked at like Disney. But uh, mm. not then. I was. I was not meant to be there. And it was evident because I got cut. And I was like, cool, I want to do it anyway. And they're like, the next semester, they're like, audition again. I'm like, nope. My like social anxiety will not allow this. I'm not doing this. But it's crazy because I was thinking about this before too. Like, I was never like a theater kid in school, but we grew up being on stage and we grew up performing. So, like, we had a childhood and a like uh, upbringing that is not really typical for a lot of people. So it's really funny that both you and I suck at the theater auditions. I think, I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just the lines. I don't know, being in a setting outside of the family, but we grew up on stage. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> you were always dancing and singing and yeah. doing cool stuff. Um, you know, here's the thing I was thinking about, and I was talking to my sister just yesterday or the day before. I was talking to Alicia, and I'm like, you remember calling home, like from school, just a regular weekday? You're just living your life, and this would happen to us so often. I don't know if it would happen to you, but we come home just chilling. You know, mom would pick us up from grandma's house. We're ready to go, like, you know, wind down, get ready for the next day, and we'll, we'll check the answering machine because we had an answering machine, and we checked the answering machine because the light was blinking, and then it would be one of the nuns from church talking about, oh, huh, huh? That just triggered me, keep going. Oh, no, <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, oh this is Edmana so-and-so, and we're calling because your aunt, your aunt told us that you're going to be playing the role of the angels and the shepherds in the next coming uh, nativity uh, like play at church. So we have uh, practice at this time on Saturday and we expect you to be there. Thank you. And just hang up. And we would just all look at each other like, what the heck? 
when did we agree to this? And then we look at our parents and we look at our parents like, why did you say it's okay? And they're like, no, we didn't say it could go. Now we have to drive it home there. And we will get stuck because our aunts and our other family members and our extended family members would volunteer us and we would just get random calls and we would have to show up because nobody knew how to say no. Mm, that's a mood. That you know, all the time. Yeah, that's crazy. I just imagine like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, like socially anxious at school. Like, like you said, you never like looked up. So you're looking down and like you get, you get home and you finally look up and then like, anyway, so, um, you're going to be talking and singing in front oh of Oh my gosh. I just think of it. It was just like such a personality split for me. Cause at home, like in my home environment or in church or in like festivals or anything, it was like, yes, you know, you're supposed to be energetic and dancing and all these things because that's what it is. But then at school, it was like, like completely small and isolated. And anytime, like anytime somebody from my school world would ever see me in my personal world, whether it be at church or a Puerto Rican it's festival, I'm like, yeah, and it was like a crossover. You're like, you're not supposed to be on the side of my life. Uh, and then they would like go back to school like, oh my gosh, I saw you do this and then that. Or, or, or your mom, your mom. I know. Who volunteers to do things at the school where I knew people. And we had to do a whole like folkloric dance at the school where nobody knew my life. And they're like, oh my God, look at the dancing. And I'm like, I don't want attention. And I don't have to do it because they told me to. It's a strange experience. That's so funny. It's like, did did you, I know that this was a little after your time, but like the Timmy Jimmy power hour when like Jimmy Neutron and Timmy Turner were in the same um, the same movie or in the same show yeah. and the same thing at the same time. It was like the biggest thing. Everyone was excited. It's not... It's not exciting. It's terrifying. Well, it's because like people know different sides of you, and sometimes they may not know all of you. So it's always yeah. like, oh, I didn't know this about you. And I think I don't think that happens as often at all. Like I don't experience that anymore as an adult. But growing up, mm-hmm. um, yeah. where you know it was so different because it was like completely quiet and shy and reserved. And then home, it was like loud and energized and like it was, people didn't know. So it was like really anxiety provoking growing up. But it's just like, I think about it because it's like, we definitely grew up performing and there's so many things that like, I think is typical childhood, but I'm like, it's not, it's just like, no, people don't grow up performing every other week, you know, or like every other month. Isn't that so strange? Like, it's so strange to think about that we really like you said we were we grew up on the stage and I just and none of us was famous yet you know no but like but, I mean that would have been nice but like but the craziest thing though is that like I always had I had stage fright yeah. like like I'm just so confused because like I could never do stuff at, like you're right I think it was because like we kind of grew up with that reassurance of like um of the people around us like our family and like just seeing them and like you know it felt safe so it's like when we went to school like I also think we didn't have much much like I guess we did have an option but I didn't feel like we had much of an option 
with mm-hmm. it anyways like you're gonna do this go ahead come on let's go like it wasn't like you're too scared okay you can sit this out like no it's just like mama like no everybody's scared let's go 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 ahead yeah no I did not have that option (laughs) no like I think I think um yeah it was kind of like I can't like it's weird because like I have mixed feelings about it but like I kind of liked it because it made me realize what that I like to do certain things that I thought I would hate like I never thought that I would enjoy performing because I'm like you like you know how you said you were a very shy person at school I was too like didn't talk for the first few years of school um and then no I mean first grade I was like completely silent but then afterwards like I started to talk you did the same thing yeah yeah I was really quiet um but then I started talking but like it's kind of also I don't know I don't know because like I started to talk and then pretty soon after I started to talk I got bullied so which you probably also at school but like and then I eventually I was like okay I'm not gonna talk again so then I was like more quiet again and then eventually oh my gosh that's so similar yeah I didn't start to like fully talk like in class until until high school like late high school I started to like actually respond to people like respond to 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 teachers and like because I wouldn't raise my hand even if I knew the answer yep I'm not gonna answer because I'm like I'm gonna look stupid or like I know the answer too much so I would pretend I didn't know anything sometimes I would even say the wrong answer when they would pick on me because I was like oh this is gonna I'm not gonna get so like um, it wasn't until, like, like late high school, like, I forced myself to do the talent show because I was like, I want to do this. Like, this will be fun. Um, yeah. So I, like, forced myself to do it even though I was super, like, anxious. Even in college, <laughs> like, I still have a hard time participating in, in class. Like, I'd be sitting there and... Uh, I just, I'm terrified to get picked on. And I'm 23. Like, I'm sitting there and I'm like please don't big on me like I do the trick where you don't look into the professor's eyes look at them no yeah always pick always pick the chair closest to the door (laughs) I do that (laughs) because you could just sneak in and you can get out not in the back not in the front if it's closest to the middle but closest to the door you just gotta be out no, it's like kind of this this kind of really terrible. Um, but like when I was used to have like when I was like super duper anxious, like in the beginning of of college, yeah. I would always sit in that chair, but it was for a terrible reason. It was because I would have to throw up. So like in the middle of the class, I would get an anxiety attack like, I'm gonna get up now. And I would like legitimately just run to the bathroom. But now I sit there because I don't want to get picked on. So <laughs> just like, all right. Yeah, it's like stay out of like the right. view of the of the professor of the teacher. Yeah. That's yeah, no, I didn't realize that you you kind of were selectively mute growing up too, because it was exactly the same um, experience that I had, um, where I didn't talk for the first two years, um, and then I was like, I have to talk. Um, but even then, I stay still remain quiet, and I think I've mentioned this before to the point where people in high school thought. I didn't speak English. They thought I was like an uh, international student or something. They didn't think I could understand English because I didn't speak at all. Um, 
and it wasn't that I didn't speak like yeah. I would talk when I had to but it was just like I was so extremely quiet that they didn't think I spoke and in college too like I was always a quiet one and even still like learning um like in trainings and learning um environments I'm just like I wonder more so too if it's like just the conditioning too of just learning that you're not supposed to say anything you're supposed to sit quiet and just absor- absorb everything like I have to push myself to participate because I'm tired of of hearing people say the wrong things over and over and you're like yo this is what it is can we move on now like, yeah 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 um okay I'm trying to like I'm trying to censor myself so I'm like <laughs> I don't want to say like my question is for you um you are teachers in elementary school um how was your first grade teacher um or like kindergarten like were they were they um were they very big on like sit be quiet hands folded sit up straight because yeah I had that too you know what it's fine so catholic school (laughs) yeah so um i like working at a catholic school now i actually i was trying to be careful yeah i was trying to i was trying to be careful with my words but like now i realize i'm like no it's no i don't it doesn't matter um i actually get like triggered and the response like the response to a child not um, sitting up straight is that they're doing something wrong um, or something like that. That that kind of really gets me because a lot of them, that is their like relaxed stance. Like that's how they are just sit when they're relaxed. Yeah. And I feel like they're conditioned, at least maybe I'm projecting because like my personal experience was like when I, I felt like I was conditioned to sit, it was more like military style, like you must sit up and be tense at all times and like be ready, like be constantly ready. And um, if you sat any other way, if you um, did anything different, it was considered wrong. Um, and like, it's really weird because it's been like a long time and from what I hear about other people that was the same response so it's like it's really weird like that they're still teaching that now uh, I don't think it's as bad because like no, because I remember like when Poppy would talk about um growing up in private school like obviously generations have changed in certain aspects but I think like the the main mindset or structure or framework from what I understand may still be similar like the same foundational things because like Papi would be like, okay, they forced him to, he was a lefty and they forced him to uh, do things with his right hand because the right hand was the, the godly way or the right way, whatever. Um, <laughs> so he was forced to kind of write with his um, non-dominant hand um, or writing a certain way or like, you know, like the stories you would get of where like they would break, break out the ruler or like, you know, um, do more right. corporal punishment. That doesn't seem to be as much the case from what yeah. I understand the experiences I have, but yeah, there still is, um, from what I remember growing up um, in private school, and it was in, in Catholic school, I, it, I don't know, I can't say much because I went to the same school, I never switched, so I don't know how other schools may do it, but I, I, I remained in the same school for 10 years, um, but like looking back at it now, I'm like, man, man, like, 
there was little opportunity to be a child in certain ways. Um, yeah. yeah, we had like recess after lunch, but we stayed in the same classroom with the same people for the whole day. Like there wasn't even a change from one classroom to another for different um, subjects or anything like that. So we did have to sit still the whole time. You couldn't really slouch down if you were feeling um, um, bad. You couldn't, you know, you know, tap your pencil if you were feeling jittery. But what kind of person, not even just a child, I'm going to take that out because even as adults, like as an adult in the work environment, usually like, you can take a, a a break. You could go to the bathroom when you want to. You could go get a drink of water or coffee. You could go walk around for a little bit, come back to work. Um, but growing up as a child, that was not allowed. If I had to go to the bathroom, uh, I had to make sure that the teacher believed that I needed to go to the bathroom because we had certain times to go to the yeah. bathroom. If we wanted to go outside of the normal bathroom time, we needed like the teacher wouldn't believe us sometimes and then the kids would have accidents so it was a bit there were some situations where like I look back and like you know kids are just gonna be kids and you need a little bit more time to energize and even the simple thought sometimes like when I see it now of like when a person or a child is playing with something like fidgeting with something does not mean that they're not paying attention actually the fidgeting and playing with something may be helping them pay attention even better um yeah. you know yeah. so there's a lot of it was weird because i remember when i went to high school i had different subject matters we had little breaks in between classes we have block scheduling so we have like 15 minutes in between our classes um we were able to walk outside in between classes. So there was a lot more freedom. <laughs> we had a lot more freedom. Because <laughs> I was a queen in high school. Wow. Leave that joke. I'm like the queen of death. <laughs> what a pun. But, it's, but there was still like, they had more autonomy or like more freedom to just be a normal human. And it, I think I, I responded better to that than I did in yeah. growing up in a very rigid and regimented yeah when you're a child you're a little bit more fidgety too so uh -huh. it's it, it makes just that's more what I'm saying like as a as a young child you have um, right more difficulty i yeah that than you would as a teenager oh my gosh it's so strange and like i again i was like i gotta censor myself because i i work i work at a catholic school but i'm like the interesting thing that i've noticed in working is that every classroom is so drastically different yeah. with how they not only implement the material but how what they consider to be misbehaving and yeah. like it's interesting because i think that varies from person to person like from teacher to teacher or right yeah it's and really confusing yeah, it's so confusing. And it must be so confusing for the kids, too, because um, they go from one teacher who believes that eating snacks, drinking water outside of snack time, well, they don't really have snack time, but like outside mm -hmm. of breakfast or lunch is considered misbehaving. Um, and then I have another teacher, like the very next grade, that says, have a snack, have a drink of water, like but raise your hand beforehand so that way I know that that's happening. And then I have another one of the kids raise their hand. Miss, can I please um, have a drink of water? 
and her eyes got really big. Like she's wearing a mask and you can still see how big her eyes get. And she's like, what is this prison? Yes, go drink water, eat food. Like here, come here. And she has, she has snacks for the kids. She has bowls and, and utensils for the kids. And in between time, when, when everyone's done, they even have like an active time where they can, when they, they can just like, they toss a ball around and they yeah. throw it into this like- Wait, girl, you're in class for seven hours. You may get like a yeah. 20 minute break, if that for lunch. Cause I remember like being back home, like in the winter, there's snow outside. So like when it was cold and if it was icy outside, you would not be able to play outside. So you're just sitting in a break, you know, like you're having cafeteria and you're having a lunchtime for a few minutes and you can't be too loud. You know, if you're too loud in the cafeteria, they will ring the bell and tell you to be quiet. And it's like, you know, like in my mind, like now as an adult looking back, I'm like, you've been quiet all day for seven hours and you have a small little, it's like being loud and talking loudly and getting excited in lunchroom, what danger does that pose for, for kids? Or like, I could understand if there's arguing or fighting, but no, it was just like excitement to be talking and laughing really loudly. Um, but that was like, no there's a cat so I really don't I, I and I've never taught so I don't understand the reason behind it there may be a reason that I'm missing but it just doesn't make sense to me and then like you don't have the time to really use your energy right yeah. to play um you know like our recess was stopped after a certain um certain grade level because we were too old and it's like Oh, <laughs> like eight years old is too old to play. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, what you can, what can you do? You're really just gonna follow what the adult is gonna say. You really don't have any option. And then, um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, just because they're kids doesn't mean they don't have rights. Like they're humans. <laughs> we don't mm. know what they've gone through. So. Mm. I just, I don't, I don't understand that. Um. Well, I, I think about it just like when we were talking about being quiet and like being, like I think about, well, that's either you learn to just cut your needs or like numb it out and not trust what oh. your, your, your body's telling you. Oh. Like, Preach. I'm just going to sit Preach. here. No, and I just think of like, is that why for so long, like, I was scared to use the bathroom? Like, to be honest, like, I wouldn't like go uh, use the restroom. Um, even like in college, I would just like hold it and hold it and hold it because I did not want to interrupt yeah, the classrooms or like, and to the point where it was just like, it's extremely scary. <laughs> or, like, and I say extremely scary because you're in pain. Or like you're not gonna make it and then like I would not go to the bathroom. I, mean, I always just had trained in my mind to like you just wait till you get home just wait till you get home because it was like not allowed yeah. really to oh my gosh. I don't know if that's else. the reason but um, I'm just like thinking also, that was a big thing like I I would like oh, I would talk to your brother all the time and I'd be like on the phone driving and I'm like um so I'm like 15 minutes away or 20 minutes away do you think I should stop at the bathroom or should I can I just make it I'll just make it <laughs> he's like this is a problem for you often you like why don't you just go to the bathroom yeah oh my gosh ah that's funny like that's the thing like a necessary bodily function yeah you learn to just not trust your body because yeah. you're not allowed to you know yeah, and, and you, and then you, you, you shut down that necessity, and then, like, I don't even know, like, 
your your need to having to to stand up to to take care of yourself like you kind Mm -hmm. of learn yeah like I think about this like people who are more active like it's not right they need to move you know like they learn better like we we don't think twice of forcing them to sit still and be quiet for three hours like that's okay they yeah um I don't know I think people did uh have different needs people learn differently and sometimes like I get it like in school systems and classrooms um it's one person for how many kids that's a lot of pressure um and you know you have to meet the same goals but it is difficult when people have different talents and skills I don't know I don't know though like I just learned to shut up be quiet keep my head down keep it like but the thing is like teaching though like I know it's not hard to treat kids like people and with respect like it's it's really not and like like I teach nine classes every Wednesday and I know it's different because people are teaching like several classes, like nine classes every day, you know? So I, I'm, you know, I may, I may not understand like the pressure, but like, I do understand the pressure of, of like, you know, teaching and having like a lesson plan and having to finish that you have to keep going in. It's just, it's not like, I don't like to yell at the kids. Um, I've only ever yelled at them like a couple of times and I hate it every time. Like, and it's like, it's not necessary to belittle them. Like, honestly, that's not part of, of disciplinary action. Like it's, that's just traumatizing to be able to belittle them and tell them they can't do something or, oh, just like always, you're not listening. That's a surprise. Like that instills in them. Yeah. That instills in them like that that everyone's expecting them to misbehave and like that they're not oh, capable. Yeah. And like I've I've heard a while ago, just like you know, the way you talk to children eventually becomes their inner voice. So like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you think about it for yourself. Like when you think back to like how you talk to yourself, and you're like, how did I learn that to be true? You're like, usually at some point somebody said that, um, and you kind of adopted it as being your truth. Do you think, okay, now here's, because again, I've never worked as a teacher, and my heart also goes out to the teachers, because I know there's a lot of limited resources, or like there's a lot of demands on what product or end product is is, is um, expected with right. little support. So I'm wondering, because I know you're working as a teacher, as a substitute, and you're kind of seeing this in your frustration with how kids are being treated, but I wonder well, how realistic or how feasible do you see treating kids like that when maybe you as a teacher are going through a lot of stress? Well, I guess, well, you don't take it out on the kids. <laughs> like, like to me, it's just common sense. Like, She's saying, don't, just don't take it out on the kids, hello? Yeah, like, don't, don't take it out on the kids. It, it's just, yeah. it, that has to do with just being a, hu- a regular human being implies like you well I would believe it would imply to not take your anger out on anyone because that is your own angry and you have to you know evaluate why you're feeling that way and you know take the necessary steps to take care of yourself in that situation actually a educational setting you (laughs) you need to be careful with how you're talking to anyone and that goes like especially for children like 
yeah. evaluating what what how you're talking to them and then, and then after you say something wrong i it you have to apologize like that's i don't see that like normalize apologizing to kids because that is essential they'll realize that they'll you're see you as a food they deserve yeah you're kind of modeling it number one and they're seeing themselves really as a human too of the fact that okay i am I am worthy of respect and right. being cared for and like and also and also a big lesson in, in in just being able like a big lesson that a child receives sometimes in hearing an adult apologize to them for is that that adults can also make mistakes too. mistakes and it's not about not making a mistake and being perfect that right. I have to be perfect or like grown-ups will always be perfect um, right. but it's the fact that what you do with that mistake we mend it, we change it, we try again, we hold ourselves accountable. Um, so when, yeah, when adults don't apologize to kids, and as, as, as backwards as it may seem for a lot of people, when you don't apologize to kids, well, you're teaching them that they have to be perfect and it's horrible to fail. Or to, or the opposite, that don't trust your own judgment, that the adults will always be right. Um, and they never really get And uh, Yeah, and honestly, that same level of thinking can also result in excusing things like sexual abuse um like or mistreatment yeah mm -hmm. right or mistreatment but it, it, it's just like this adult told me to do this and they're an adult and they're always right so and i always have to listen to adults yes yes Ooh. it's not right and like i make mistakes all the time like when i'm teaching i'm constantly making mistakes and if yeah. i when eden was going um like when my nephew was in last year in virtual school because of the pandemic <sighs> okay so we're in the same house right so we could right. hear um his teacher like instructing the kids and teaching but uh i would hear her say that all the time like some of the kids would be like oh miss so-and-so like you have you have a mistake or you made a mistake and then all I, and I was like, ooh, that little kid is ballsy. <laughs> oh, man. And they're like fifth graders. Like, I'm like, oh, no kid. No, you don't correct no damn teacher. That's me, my own internal monologue. I'm like, you just got to keep quiet. Um, and the teacher responded so beautifully all the time. Like, it was like, she, it was like, she would be like, you know what? I am wrong. Thank you for correcting me because yep. some kids, some kids, and she would say, she would go on, she's like, some kids believe that it's not okay to correct an adult, but adults, we also make mistakes too. And I'm helping you guys learn, but you're also helping me learn. When I make a mistake, it's, it's, I, I'm learning from you guys. So thank you for correcting me. And I was like, what? I think that was more for my inner child to hear. Unfortunately, a lot of teachers, and I wish I could say that that was an exaggeration, like a lot, I don't want to use the word a lot, but I've seen a lot of teachers, when a student corrects them, they get angry that they said something like that. And instead of saying, thank you for correcting me, they tell them, uh, and they tell them, no, no, this is how it is, this is how it is. And then 
sometimes I even gaslight them because then like, this gets me so mad. They're like, oh no, I never said that. I said this. And like, as- It's okay to make mistakes, people. Just general life rule. Like, it's okay to make mistakes and admit that you made mistakes. You don't have to be perfect. As someone who is sitting in a classroom, who is an adult, who, I, I, I'm like, no, she said that. Like, these kids think they're going crazy because they think that, or, or they're being humiliated because they think that she didn't say that. But she said that. And she, like, said, or, like, like if a kid is, like, oh, like, miss, like, that's not right. And still, like, they belittle them for not raising their hand or, like, they belittle them for the way they said it and they don't say thank you. Because I remember, like, being, like, as you're talking about this, I remember uh, in middle school, Oh man, I remember middle school where it's just like uh we had a project of some sort and um that teacher tends to yell all the time. And um when she made a mistake, she realized she made a mistake we had like and then she yelled at us because why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you just ask me and tell me I'm like I'm approachable you can talk to me? Like why didn't you just let me know? And I'm like, look, and they were like all like scared and frozen like because this we're gonna get yelled at if we correct you so that's why we didn't tell you but now you're yelling at us for not correcting you not gonna say anything yes and then think about it like these kids it's hard usually like the thing is usually kids have several teachers for different things like maybe specials classes or something else and teachers may yell at them for correcting them and then the next class they go to, they get yelled at for not correcting them. For not um, speaking up. Why would you just speak up? Because I was taught to shut up. That's why. Yeah. What do you want me to do? I'm always wrong. Has, there has to be compassionate with it. There oh, has man. Yeah, it was such a different world when, um, and again, like when I went to school, it was very small. So it was the same people. And I was in the same school from pre-K until eighth grade. Um, but when I went into high school and it was a public high school and there was just a lot of people, different groups, more um, more teachers. Like, yeah, there were good teachers. There were not so good teachers. Um, but it was like it opened. It was such a different world. And I thought it was just me. But then I had conversations with other family members who went from a private school to a public school um, and like had similar reactions of like, whoa, there's more choices. There's more options. That were. One thing that didn't work we were able to go um, and and try something else. Like we had more freedom to explore things, um, whether it was social groups, whether it was teachers, whether it was activities. Like it was just like a, oh, this is not how it was everywhere. Um, at least for me. Like I remember growing up thinking that it was safer because that was kind of the stories that my adults in my life had shared of like, it's safer to be in a small setting where you can have that individualized. And I know for some people that is very much true. Some people can get lost in the system. But like when I look back at it, and so even with college, I was like, no, it's better to be in a small space because, you know, I want to be safe and I want to have that one-on-one time. And I always look back at like some of my choices in school and I'm like, I should have gone to a bigger, um, bless you. I've had a sneak the sneak. allergies yes um but I just think back and I'm like uh I think for me personally it would have been better um to um 
to go to like a, a larger school setting and some different spots just to have more variety and recognize that, you know, I could probably um, have maybe developed a lot of different skills earlier or had like social, like different social groups, you know, learn more about myself and having a larger setting um, than trying to stay safe in a small setting. Yeah, because like, I, I mean, that work as well for me. Right. And like, because technically, yes, that's possible in a small group of people. But the thing is, um, you have to alternate like you, ha you, you have to talk to more people in a public school when, when it's bigger, especially in high school, because there are different people in your classes. Like, it's not like you said, it's, it's not like you have one group of people that you go through and they're always with you all the time. So yes, like, like for me, I thought like I, looking back, growing up in the same school, going to the same school for 10 years and being with the same group of people and peers from the time I was three or four years old until the time that I was 13 to 14 years old. Um, it, it wasn't very helpful in the fact that it's just like, if you didn't get along with that group of people, you were screwed. You know, if you didn't fit in, you were screwed. So it's just like, you think that, okay, there's the ought to be some, well, I thought, I can't say you, but I thought, I was like, okay, Maybe I'm different. I just don't belong. All these things, and that became my um, my belief system growing up, and realizing right. like when I went to to a public school and it was bigger, and I was like, "There's other people that are actually similar. Um, there's actually those. There's some group of people that yes, I'm not for, and that's cool. Um, but then there's other people who actually share a lot of similarities so it's like I didn't have that realization until I was a teenager because I wasn't exposed to to that right. so it wasn't like I was wrong or I was different it was just like I just didn't I just wasn't around or exposed to the group mm -hmm. of people that um that really clicked for some people like I guess having the small private settings is really really helpful because I do need that one-on-one -on -one. I don't think I needed that one-on-one -on -one. Right. So everyone has a different a way of learning. Um, you can't really treat every kid the same. Exactly. That is that is the number one thing. The, the number one theme, if, if anyone gets anything out of that. I Yeah, I apologize of like what you were talking about. Like, but I, I was like writing things down because like when you when you, you know, it's kind of like my brain is kind of like a river that branches out into several, like, you know how it is, like, it's, hey, hello, into the death, and the Catholic school's teaching, let me tell you, that's what the, I took out of Catholic school, Catholic school has taught me all the songs that continue to be like theme songs in my brain. I'm out there mowing the lawn and I'm like, little by, little by. like I just have all these these Catholic schoolgirl songs. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> While you were talking, I wrote things down because my brain is like a river that goes into several different branches. And I, okay, when you were talking about how when you went from that private school setting that was like kind of like almost one-on-one -on -one learning is just very tiny groups of, yeah. of classes um to the you know the bigger like public school setting yeah had more variety uh -huh. right it just it made me think about my personal experience as well um when I did the same thing and I realized that 
Did you do the same thing? Like, did you have a... In, uh, did you stay in private yeah. school until you went to high school? Was that... No. No, okay. No, I stayed from from first through fifth grade so I was in private school for like five years um I realized I got right and like I always thought that maybe I got more bullied in um in that small setting but really it I think it was because it was just the same people all the time kind of like what we were talking about I'm not saying it's better because everyone has their own way of um you know their own preferred method of education but like when when I personally went to a public school from a private school, it was a lot, you know, less bullying because the people that were bullying me were always in my classes. And then now, if the people, because obviously I was still bullied. No, but for real, like, I would be talking to myself in school. So, like, come on, of course. But, like, even in middle school, like, the people who bullied me at least... I'd be like, all right, they're not going to be in these classes. And then I was like a lot more relaxed, you know? And the other thing is yeah, when you, you were talking. Right. And then another thing is when you were talking about um, how like you thought that you, you're like, I'm different. Like no one will, you know, or not even no one will blah, blah, blah. It's more me. Yeah. It's like, but I don't belong like, here. Like I don't belong. I don't be- I'm too different. Yeah. Exactly. I'm too different. Um, In again small groups um in that private school setting and a lot of times certain kids were exemplary kids and they weren't like like us or like a certain type of person and then when you go to public school um like you said you meet people who are like you like you when there's not even public school just bigger schools yeah um you meet people who are like you and I think it's in general when you have more experiences, like different, and it doesn't mean like in years, but experiences in, in changing it up and changing your atmosphere and your environment, like giving, I don't know, for me, like I think as a child, I would have benefited from, even if I couldn't change my school, to have different like social activities where I could meet different people where it wasn't always the same people over and over. Um, because like you said, if Somebody knew like that you wet your pants in kindergarten. You're going to keep hearing about it until you're in fifth or sixth grade because it's the same group of people. Um, right. So it's it's difficult. But if you just have more experiences, you get to know that there's different types of people around. Um, and then you can really explore. Like fresh start, especially if you see people who are like you and they're being treated with respect. Um, and then you realize, okay, so there are people like me and they're not bad like I don't know like at least for me I was like I'm a weirdo I do this then I do that and then when I saw students that were like me and I don't know it was like people liked them and they enjoyed their presence and I liked them too and then meeting people like me helped me like myself more because then I realized oh I'm not, yeah. I don't know what people were talking about. I'm great. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, no well, because you accept other people and they accept you and you kind of little by little with those experiences, you're like, okay, it's okay to be, it's okay to be, I'm not even saying, okay, like, it can be all these different things that make me awesome because it's like you have to pick and choose. I can only be the smart one, but I can't be like, you know, liked by my peers or like, I can only be the funny one, but I can't be good at school. Like, no, it could be all these different things 
but you, again, it's like sometimes you just gotta be exposed to the fact that that reality can exist, and mm-hmm. if you don't see it, you don't see it. The world is definitely not a Disney Channel movie. We're like, and that made it worse because you're like, oh, yep, you see, that's how school is. No, it's not. And then the, then the bullies see that, and they're like, oh, so I can say whatever, major loser. Like, I actually got called that in middle school, and I'm, I literally, in my response, like, the first time I, like, stood up for myself, I was like, you've been watching too much Camp Rock. And then everyone laughed, and I was like, wow. We went around the world with our conversation. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. We, we had to make up for the year that we decided to disappear. But honestly, I think we're just being authentic. I liked it. <laughs> this has been a fun time. Like when we do this, I feel like it's just like a phone call with you. Yeah. Except like obviously we like don't talk about everything we usually talk. <laughs> you know, some things we can like bring in and some things that's personal. Yeah, I don't want people to know what kind of poop I'm doing. Like that's the kind of stuff we talk about on the phone. I'm like, Amarili, I've had a blah, blah, blah poop right now. Oh, I'm I'm not going to take this to the toilet. Like, I, I sometimes I call you and I'm on the toilet. And I'm like, I don't, I can't do that on the podcast. Like, I, don't think, I, don't, I mean, I think we would be banned. Like, that's not appropriate. That may be a good idea for somebody else. Like, podcast on the toilet. I'm sure somebody can take that idea. We'll pitch it to you. You can go ahead, do whatever you want to do with it. But that's just not us. Like it's not gonna work for me and Gabby. Maybe not. Maybe maybe in another twenty five years. I don't know. That's a health podcast. We're not a health. Oh my god, that's funny. What are you grateful for? Um, I initially I was thinking. Let's see. Why I never know how to just say one thing. So ha ha ha. I get to say everything. That's good. But initially, I was thinking, I am grateful for trips. Trips. Because um, I've been able to take a couple trips the past couple months. D- doing trips that, like, I had dreamed of for years, mm. but um, just never, you know, sat down and actually did it. And then when I committed myself, I'm going to do it next year. Just won't, It just popped up the opportunity. Popped up. I'm like, okay, so I guess I'm going to do it this year. Um, so I, I went with technically strangers oh strangers yeah yeah so it's like friends of friend of a friend but it's like something that would was challenging but not as challenging as it would have been for me um had I not done the work that I've been doing for myself right. so um right. it was a lot of um opportunities or experiences I wouldn't have been able to um, enjoy uh had I not that so it's just like such a, an expansion to take trips with strangers um and recognize oh look at you look at the fruit of your healing this is amazing i'm proud of you here's a here, i know you here's a hug that's gonna hurt your ears later ah uh, that's funny i am grateful for honesty today Ooh. i'm grateful for honesty because it it helps me grow um mm-hmm. when we're honest with ourselves it it really understand who we really are and how to be happy so honesty is what i'm super grateful for today mm-hmm. wow. ladies and gents who decided to sit with us for this however long this podcast is 
we do appreciate you guys being around and listening um and we appreciate your feedback hit us up on i'm here pod on ig on uh i said ig we know what it is instagram facebook mm-hmm. uh i'm here pod at gmail.com and we're really glad that you are here and we are here with you now we are sometimes you know but we'll, we'll come back you know like okay we're here now Another rainy day Looking for a place to stay I could find the words to say With the familiar face And the comfy pillowcase I see the steam from the kitchen My world's brighter when you visit No more weight on my shoulders Our hearts warming up The outside it gets colder I consider it a privilege Just to hear you and hold ya Thank you for the blessings, the tears and the laughs and the love and the lessons. This one goes out to my brethren. Let me listen for a second. The connections are close here to anchor your boat. Come and send in your call when you're looking for more. Lay your back on the shore. Though there's anger and war, you'll find love through this door. You'll find love through this door. I am wise, I am strong. I am loved, I am here I am wise, I am strong I am loved, I am here I am loved, I am here